0: It's time for JT the Brick. This is about as good as it gets. <laughs> it is. There's some legends here. No there, doubt right? about it.
1: I can't believe the Raiders had Cliff Branch and Fred Belenikoff uh, on the same team, but uh, but they had, they had such a dynamic team. JT the Brick. I just love, I don't know, I just love the Raiders. I, I'm, I'm not sure why growing up in Kansas, I love John Madden and Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan, nah. um, Guys like that. I just, I don't know, I just love the Raiders for some reason. Checkpot, baby! And
2: now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, happy Friday. Harry Ruiz here with you today on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We have a great show lined up for you today. In the the following segment, we're going to have Jesus Lopez joining us in studio. He's a Spanish radio play-by-play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights. He has his show here on our sister station, Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM, and we're going to be talking everything Vegas sports. And at the top of our number two I'll be talking with Joe Arrigo, co-founder and VP of Franchise Sports Media, who they they have great coverage of everything sports-related here in Sin City. Plus, we're going to hear from Nate Hobbs and Hunter Renfro from yesterday's media availability after the Raiders held another OTA session in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. And guess what, Raider Nation? At 1.25 p.m., we're going to be exactly one hundred days away from the season opener in Inglewood against the Chargers, out there at SoFi Stadium, our second home. Southern California is going to paint the stands silver and black with Raider Nation invading that stadium once again. And for that game, it seems like we're a different radio voice with the call. Why? We were all shocked this morning on Twitter. The legendary Brent Musburger posted the following. Many thanks to the Raiders organization for fond memories. I'll miss broadcast partner Lincoln Kennedy and the radio, radio, radio production crew. What's next? I hear Mike Trout might step down as commissioner of his fantasy league. You never know. That was posted by Brent Musburger on his verified Twitter account. We were all shocked by it. Personally, I hadn't heard anything about a possible change with the Raider broadcast in English for the Raiders. He started calling Raiders games in 2018, doing so in the team's last two seasons in Oakland and the first two in Las Vegas. He just turned 83 last week. Brent Musburger, a legend. He has been the voice for the Raiders on the radio broadcast for four years now, and what a career he has had so far. CBS Sports, ESPN, ABC Sports, NFL, college football, NBA Finals, Final Fours, Super Bowl 18 He was there in the locker room interviewing Al Davis after the Raiders won the Super Bowl, and Al Davis had the Vince Lombardi trophy in his hands. He has been there for big moments, both for the Raiders and all around the league. And he will definitely be missed. Of course, he does a great job with the Vegas Sports and Information Network, VSIN, his network. They do an amazing job for everybody that loves putting money on the games. And Brett Musburger, a legend. And we were able to enjoy him with Jackpot, baby, for four years here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Call us, 702-365-9200. Tell us your favorite stories about Brent Musburger. Did you used to listen to the radio broadcast instead of the TV broadcast? You would put the TV on mute and just think up the video and the audio to be able to listen to a a Raider-focused broadcast? Let us know. And, of course, I want to know what you want from the following Raiders broadcaster. Uh, Do you have any names in mind? What would you like to see or hear from them. Of course, we all remember Greg Papa since the mid-90s through 2017, the legendary Hall of Fame Bill King, 1966 through 1992, calling the Raider Games in Oakland, in L.A. He was fantastic. And now, whoever takes that spot, they got huge huge shoes to fill because you're going from one legend to another to another. And now the Raiders, uh, that spot seems open at the moment. We haven't heard officially from the team, but we heard from the man himself through his Twitter account, Brent Musburger, posting a thank you to the Raiders organization. And of course, thanking also his broadcast partner, Lincoln Kennedy and the Raider radio production crew this is the jt the brick show it's friday we're finishing off the week here june 3rd 2022 and it's 1205 in the afternoon raider nation this show ain't the same without you so i want to hear from you 702-365-9200 we're opening the lines in just a second and raiders raider nation i want to hear were you shocked with the decision Were you not shocked with the decision? Of course, Brent Musburger, like I said, the last two years in Oakland, he was there for the team. And then the first two years in Vegas, it was two completely different situations. 2021, sorry, 2020, the pandemic season, he had to call the road games for monitors at Allegiant Stadium. He wasn't traveling for road games. Home games, he was all the way at the top as well. Empty stadium, that was a completely different situation. And he was able to enjoy being able to call the games now with the jam-packed Allegiant Stadium in the we just had in 2021 a playoff season he called a playoff game for the Raiders that was amazing as well and Raider Nation personally I'm appreciative of Brent Musburger I was able to meet him for the first time at Circa when he was at one of his shows with the Visa Network I was there just to take a friend of mine who was doing an interview at Circa I gave him a ride I hung out at the sportsbook and then I looked up to my left and Brent Musburger was there with Stormy, who used to work for the Vegas Golden Knights, and now she's doing a great job with Vison. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope I bump into him on his way out. It was a day or two after the Monday night football game against the Ravens. I went up to him, introduced myself. He told me, I was like, hey, that was a great game to call, right? I was like, it was amazing. I only called quarters one and three. So I was nervous. I enjoyed everything in quarter number four and also the overtime, the craziest, I think, two periods of football that we've seen in our lives out here in Las Vegas until the next week that it was crazy as well. And then the that the Raiders gave us great stories to tell with the fan base and he was an amazing person went into his broadcast booth before the week 18 game against the Chargers and took a picture with him and with Lincoln Kennedy he asked me how do you say jackpot baby in Spanish and there's not like a literal translation for it but now that I think of it maybe premio mayor but it doesn't sound as good as jackpot baby and of course Brent Musburger putting his great style of announcing for raider games and now the raiders are gonna have a a new voice raider nation let's hear from you 702-365-9200 hear the line at raider nation radio 920 a.m 100 days away from the season and we got our first caller here today gangsta raider how you doing man
1: hey what's happening y'all calling from la i'm pumped up ready for the season got my tickets for the season opener we're going to smash the Chargers, and I want the whole Red of the Nation to meet me. You know what I'm saying? Because they got a new stadium, but it looked like a big metal canopy to me. I drive by it every day. You know what I'm saying? I don't compare nothing to the Black House. That's what I call our stadium. You know what I'm saying? So everybody beat me at the big metal canopy.
2: Oh, September
1: man. 11th. And we're going to black out the um, big metal canopy because that's um, Raider Nation anyway. We was the first team to win the Super Bowl out here. And, you know, you can't spell Las Vegas without L.A. And what's L.A. spelled backwards? Al. And the great Al Davis, the godfather. You know what I'm saying? We're going to come out. We're going to smash them. Then we're going to smash the Cardinals. I think we're going to start off 5-0 going into our box. You know what I'm saying? So I'm pumped up. You know what I mean? And also everybody giving a division to the um, all these chumps, and trying to put the Broncos up. The Broncos lost. They, they best tight end. You know what I'm saying? They got an old, um, decrepit quarterback in Russell Wilson. They got a rookie head coach who um, everybody forget. He was divine. So I think that gives us an advantage because the probably know how he thinks, even though he wasn't a play caller or nothing. He got a rookie coach who wasn't even a play caller. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to put them above us. You know what I'm saying? And also – and uh, when it come to coaches, we got the only coach besides, um. Andy Reid, the um, the walrus, that's what I call him. Besides the walrus, we got the only coach that made the playoffs. He made the playoffs. I mean, Josh Jacobs made the playoffs when he was with Denver with um, Josh Orton. I mean, Kyle Orton, I think that's his first name, and um, Tim Tebow. You know what I'm saying? He still made the playoffs with the L and won the playoff game. You know what I'm saying? So I think we got the um second-best coach in the division, and everybody still wanted to put us, you know, behind them, and we're going to smack them all in their mouths. And Redonation, Nation, everybody hop on that eight-and-a-half bet before they – you know so everybody go get that because i won on the six and a half last year and i think we're gonna win at least at the least we're gonna win 12 games this year and i'm pumped up y'all let's go let's get it meet me at the metal canopy september 11th, and rep redder nation all black we're gonna black it out let's go hey gangsta before before
2: you're gone I, i gotta ask you we're 100 days away from the the season opener our First home opener over there in L.A. What yeah, are you I'm getting pumped. ready for for the tailgate? How lo- how early are you going to get there?
1: I'll probably be there at 7 in the morning because I got a crew. You know what I'm saying? We got a crew called Raider Riders. We we put on a hell of a tailgate. You know what I'm saying? So we got to get up there, sit up there early. And plus, I'm like a little kid before Christmas, you know, before game day. And they're opening up in L.A. When was the last time the Raiders played in L.A.? You know what I'm saying? Regular season. You know what I mean? I'm pumped up. So I'll probably be up there at 7 in the morning. Rated out.
2: That's You're what it's there. all about. That's yeah. what I remember about Oakland being out there at the Coliseum, super early, six, seven in the morning, lining up, getting ready, and plus you had all your brothers and sisters around you. And LA, that's my hometown. I know it's silver and black, despite them having the bolts and having the Rams. It's still a silver and black town. Mm-hmm. Let's that's go right.
1: get it, gangster! Get out, everybody knows. Raider takes territory. Let's go.
2: Let's paint it silver and black. Thank you, Gangsta Raider, all the way from SoCal, L.A., representing here on the JT The Brick Show. I'm your guest host for the day, Harry Ruiz, Spanish announcer of the broadcast over at our sister station, Deportes, Vegas, 1460 a.m. of Raider Games. Raider Nation, sound off. Call us, 702-365-9200. It's a big responsibility for whoever comes in and calls the Raider Games in the... English broadcast here on the flagship station 920 a.m. next season. I remember when I did my first Job out here calling games in the United States, over in El Paso, Texas. I had a meeting with John Teicher, a legendary announcer down there in the Sun City for UTEP. He has been calling games for over 40 years, and he's been through it all. He was there with the legendary Don Haskins, who coached Texas Western to a national championship in 1966. He knows everything about college sports, with basketball and football. When I stepped in to call games in Spanish, originally just for basketball, and then two days before the season opener in football as well, UTEP played Oklahoma, and I found out two days before that that I was going to call that game. He told me it's it's a huge responsibility, and plus, you're not out there for a national network. You're here for the home broadcast, and when you're here for the home broadcast, you know the responsibility of who's listening to you, the city, the city of El Paso, and out here in Vegas, now it's going to be the city of Vegas, and our other two capitals, which are Oakland and Los Angeles for the Raider Nation now. And that person is going to be talking to the Raider Nation. There's no other nation. It's a unique, not fan base. This is a family. And Brent Musburger had that responsibility for four years. I personally enjoyed his calls and listening to his game calls and watching the passion when you would see the Raider uh, production crew set up a GoPro there in his uh, broadcast booth. And you would see the videos of sound of the games. And they would put, instead of some, all of them being national calls, which usually go 50, 50, they don't go towards one team or the other. They go just stay down a straight line and be like, Hey, you know what? We're calling game for a national crew. We got to stay impartial over here with the Raiders broadcast crew you're allowed to get excited you got to show that passion for the Raider nation and me personally last year it was my first year doing play by play for two quarters of Raider games first and third quarters and you got to show the nation that you feel it that it's not a job that it's actually what you got and that's what i loved about Brent you would go into his broadcast booth he was rocking a Raider hat he had his Raider shirt on as well big link my god his style is the best when you see him out there. I, I go with the suit and tie. Big Link, he goes with his chains and everything. He's looking great. Now next season, in the corner, early August, we got a preseason game. Hall of Fame game. And the Raiders, they're going to have a new crew in the broadcast booth with a new play-by-play announcer. I don't know what... If Lincoln's coming back, we saw the announcement exclusively for Brent Musburger. If you just tuned in, this is what he posted on Twitter. Many thanks to the Raiders organization for fond memories. I'll miss my broadcast partner, Lincoln Kennedy, and the radio production crew. What's next? I hear Mike Trout might step down as commissioner of his fantasy league. You never know. We still haven't had an official statement posted by the team right now we're just going straight off of brent musburger's twitter announcement and it did shockwaves around the league we saw pro football talks talk about it the athletic post their article about it and now someone else is going to be able to have the opportunity to call raider games here on 9 20 a.m Shout out to just Win Wendy who's reports sending in a tweet. I appreciate it. She's always posting there and listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. I, I heard her earlier in the day here on the tailgate, of course. And uh, Heidi and Clay do an amazing job on the tailgate, 7 to 10 a.m. We got Q coming up at 2 o'clock and Vinny Vonsignor at 4 p.m. This is Raider Nation, Radio 920 a.m., and that's what we talk, Raiders football. Yesterday, the Raiders had media availability at the Intermountain Healthcare and Performance Center where... The media was able to catch part of practice. They were able to interview players and coaches. We heard from offensive line coach and defensive line coach, Coach Brasillo. Of course, he spoke about the offensive line and how the formation is happening with that. We heard the whole interview here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on the JT The Brick Show. And something I loved is he wants to see players play in each position there on the offensive line they need versatility they know injuries are part of the game this is a contact sport and they know that injuries will happen and they got to have players ready to play coach frank oakum we'll hear from him following week you heard from him on the on q show unnecessary roughness at 2 p.m i liked what he said and best part is they're focused, they're working, and they got a group of guys that's hungry, that they want to get that knowledge in their brains before they're able to have contact on 11-on-11s soon at practice. And they want to be ready for a season that we just heard Gangster Raiders say. He thinks the Raiders are winning 12 games, and I hope they do because that would mean there would be another trip to the playoffs. And the Raiders might end up getting a home game if they win 12 games on a very competitive Western division in the American Football Conference and the AFC. Raider Nation will be hearing in the next segment. Jesus Lopez, he's going to be joining us here in the studio, the play-by-play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm excited to have him here on the studio. I'm usually his guest on Deportes Vegas 1460 AM so now he's paying the visit over to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM here on the JT The Break Show of course we got to talk about the NBA Finals and we will in segment number 3 here on the JT The Break Show it's Friday Raider Nation let's close strong we're going to go to a commercial break and we're going to come right back with Jesus Lopez play by play announcer in Spanish for the Vegas Golden Knights radio broadcast on our sister station Deportes Vegas 1460 uh, and it's funny that you're saying that because this is my first time hearing about, you know, guys are following and leading. But that's just how I approach my job. Um, and you know, if guys are following, that's a good thing. Like I said before, hey, Chandler's running to the ball. Why not? I run. Why? Why can't I run to the ball? So um, that, I, I'm very admired by that. That guys are leading. But like I said, this isn't over yet. And like I said, the season hasn't started. So hopefully, I can I can keep doing that. And you know, hopefully, it can be contagious throughout the team. Chandler Jones, right there, Raiders new defensive lineman, and he comes in with 107 and a half sacks, and he still wants to get to the ball. Let's take that ball away. From the opposing squads and Chandler Jones, he's motivating Max Crosby on the field. And someone that motivates me to be better every day is the guy I got sitting next to me right now, Jesus Lopez, better known by his nickname, El Ocotlan, Lopez Ocotlan. That's your hometown, right? Yes, it is. Indeed. It is. Thank you for having me,
0: Harry. Thank you for the invitation. Of
2: course. You've heard him all around the radio stations here in Lotus Broadcasting Group. They you, they love his calls in Spanish of the Vegas Golden Knights. You've been with the Golden Knights since season number one, since the inaugural year in Vegas. How have you seen the team grow from day one now to at the end of
0: season five? Well, it's been an amazing ride, but the thing is that it made an amazing, uh, wonderful connection with uh, society in Las Vegas because of what happened. What it means, you know, that, what this team means for the city is—it's just a lot after what happened on October the first back in the inaugural year. So uh, it's growing like crazy among the Hispanic community. Uh, the passion that people can catch uh, on a hockey game compares to nothing else. You know, this is every sport has, as I said, you know, its own soul, but nothing like the soul of hockey. It's just—it uh, it, just—it gets you, you know, right to the core.
2: Yeah, and I went to pretty much every home game during season number one because I was working for a TV station out here in Vegas, so I had to go and cover games, and that's where I met you when we were interviewing you for the local newscast right before (laughs) warm-ups for the Vegas Golden Knights, which, by themselves, it's a show. From the moment you enter the arena pregame to when you leave, it's an amazing show they put on. And I have a lot of friends that fly into Vegas from L.A., from Oakland, from the East Coast to watch Raider games. And there's that time of year when hockey... And football are being played at the same time. And when there's a Golden Knights game, either the day before or the day after a Raiders game, or it even happened once, right, that there was a Raiders game and then a Golden Knights game on the same day, I tell them, go and enjoy it. What the Vegas Golden Knights do, it's different from any other
0: team in the league, right? Indeed it is. Uh, What they do is just, uh, well, to begin with, they gave us um, identity, you know, a sense of belonging, that we needed so bad here in Las Vegas. And uh, I think they did such a wonderful uh, job in the first season that uh, no one has uh, ever been closed in the history of hockey because I, obviously I read. I talk a lot with Shane Knighty and Dave Goucher and Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, uh, great guys, all of them. And thanks to them, you know, I learned. Uh, I've learned a lot. I asked them about books and movies. They recommended me "Slap Shot," you know, "The Miracle," all those movies about hockey to understand the rivalry against uh, uh, Russia and and how everything developed from there since 1980. So um, it's 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 just uh, um, an impact that doesn't come uh, very often on any professional team. Uh, the one that the Vegas Golden Knights have created, I I believe that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fans for the Vegas Golden Knights are expecting the same kind of reaction with the Raiders, you know, because uh, um, it was just a magical connection since the very first season.
2: Hey, and now the fans in Las Vegas they were able to enjoy the home team, the Raiders, playing a playoff game in their first season with fans in the stands. Yes. So that was pretty cool. So I'm gonna I have a hot take. I think the Golden Knights not making it to the playoffs for the first time in the five years of the franchise is a good thing for the fan base. That way you know that you don't always make it to the Stanley Cup Final like in year one, or you're not always. What was it? Year two against San Jose It was a Western Conference Finals as well. Yes, and yes. they were close to making it back to the Stanley Cup
0: Finals. It was a bad call on Cody Aiken, Uh, You know that the five-minute yeah, major, the five-minute major. It was it was a big, huge loss. So. And
2: then they still made it to the playoffs the following two years. Yeah. And now this year is the first time ever that the team doesn't make it into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think this is good. It makes the fans put their feet on the floor and be like, all right, we're not going to get that every single season. And when of it course. happens, you enjoy it even more. I'm telling you but as a Raider, should, We fan, should have. We should have. Yeah. It.
0: I mean, uh, injuries uh, all over oh, the season. It was crazy. It was just crazy. And and uh, something that I couldn't explain to myself is how come, I mean, it was a one or two goal difference So uh, on the last games. So how come Pete DeBoer never line up uh call, Pateriti, and Mark Stone in the same line. I never, I, I never got it. I, I, and I don't know if that was a decision that he should have taken, uh, that probably would have changed the course of things for the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, I don't understand. Of
2: course. And you've been out here in Vegas for over a decade now. Yeah. And when you got here. There were no Golden Knights, there were no Raiders, there were no Las Vegas Aces, there were no Las Vegas Lights, there were Nothing but the 51s. That's what I was going to say, the 51s, that sports boom in Las Vegas, which was kind of ignited by the arrival of the Golden Knights, how have you seen it grow in the
0: city? Well, uh, if you walk into a uh, Mexican uh, supermarket, you will see mostly the youth uh, wearing something for the Vegas Golden Knights and all the raiders so i think the uh, impact that has created on our society you know um is just huge because uh uh i'm sure that very few cities around the world you can name probably paris or uh, probably london uh vegas have people from all over the world and uh, when they collide they need something that gets you know a union among uh, all of the ethnical groups and the Vegas Golden Knights certainly did that. You know, they 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 brought the city together, especially because what what happened uh, at the beginning of the first season for the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, yeah. It's, it's so just,
2: for people that don't know, one October happened two nights before the season. Op- no, the, the first game wasn't on, on in uh, Dallas, ten-
0: right? It was the tenth. Uh, what happened? I mean, what happened in October the first on uh, the Mandalay Bay shooting? Yeah, and then. Um, on October 10th the f- was the first home game. Home game, yeah. But okay. the first one was in the Dallas. Uh, uh, James Against Neal the scored twice on the first uh, game in the history of the Vegas Golden Knights. James Neal, number 18. And then he went for the Calgary Flames, I believe. But he was a great player, uh, Neal. And then we lost Perron and some other—Eric uh, Halla uh, Some of
2: those misfits, right, that they called in the first, <laughs> first season. <laughs> but, but the they made important it really thing good. for the Golden Knights that they found their way to connect with the community, doing the right thing, honoring
0: those— Fallen from the shooting Every on one October in and... the first year, yeah, is when uh, Derek Engel said uh, we are Vegas strong, you know, and, and it just uh, it got engraved in our hearts and and still, you know, I consider myself a Las Vegan now that I've been over ten years here and I acquired my citizenship here in Vegas, so I have a birth certificate from Guadalajara and another one from Las Vegas. So
2: there you go, and <laughs> now this city. You've been at Vegas Golden Knights game since game one. Yes. You've been to Raiders games. This past season was the first time you were in the stadium.
0: Yeah. How do you compare the experiences? Oh, it's totally different, but just as good as as far as passion is concerned. You know, it's just uh, seeing the Allegiant Stadium of full to do its full capacity, and and uh, when they score, it's just uh, it's, it's an amazing feeling. You know, it's like like like. Uh, You cannot compare it to anything else, but it's different. But at the same time, they deliver a big amount of passion, you know. And and we know about passion because uh, Latino people, you know, we're all about soccer. Uh, Regrettably so, Uh, yesterday the Mexican team lost to Uruguay 3-0. So it was a painful thing to see, to watch. But as I said, you know, passion, um, I believe the difference, uh, Harry, is that hockey delivers a Goal possibility, a score possibility every uh, fifteen yeah, every, seconds. You know, exactly. and and, and uh, I measured once uh, the amount of words that I say when the puck is behind the net, uh, and uh, we uh, measured three hundred and eighty to four hundred word, words per minute. Wow! So it uh, it it requires a lot, you know. To we have this system, uh, Harry, to do the play by play. That it's called the PPDDA. Position, position, direction, defense, and attack. If you describe those five uh, things on the field, whatever sport you're playing, you are describing what's going on, you know, for radio. This is for radio. Yeah. So uh, when I heard Dan Duva doing what he was doing, I was like, really? So this is what I'm going to get into? Because uh, it's so fast. And, I, you know, I, I doubt that I could... Uh, Engage into the speed, but then you find you know your own tricks in order to move uh, from one play to the next one, uh, and uh, not to get the people lost in what's happening in the rink. So it's no easy, but once you get you know the hang of it, it's it's.
2: Yeah, and that's, I've noticed the difference because I had to call one of the Golden Knights <laughs> games last year. Yeah, I and remember. I was like, my, and I found out <laughs> the morning of the game, and I was like, I'm, I was preparing for a Raider game the next, the, <laughs> on Sunday, and on Saturday, I ended up calling a Golden Knights game. I respected you a lot before it, I respected you way more after I had to do it with. Little to no preparation, and it's amazing.
0: Well, coming from you, it means a lot, Harry, because you are one of the kind when it comes down to, you know, play-by-play play for the Raiders. So. I appreciate that, man. So just talked about the other kind of football, football, soccer. sorry.
2: We got a big game coming up out here in Las Vegas. I know it's not your favorite team. You're a Chivas guy. But tell the people the importance of having a team like America in the city playing against a team like Chelsea, a Premier League team, playing even if it's an exhibition game, a friendly game. How important is that for the city? Because without Allegiant Stadium, that game doesn't happen here.
0: Well, the the economical effect on the city is going to be uh, tremendous because uh, Chelsea is one of the best teams, one of the top four teams uh, the Premier League in England, and America is like the uh, the other big team in Mexico, right? So as far as I know, there's people already from uh, Phoenix, from L.A., from San Francisco here in Vegas that they are going to go, they're going to attend to that match, and also um, Christian Pulisic. You know, that's another factor. He plays for Chelsea, and he's also on the national American team. Yeah, he's from the USA. But yeah, so that's 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 a big plus, and uh, I believe he's gonna have uh, a very good uh, a very good result. I mean, it's. It's going to be a full ga- a full event that's for sure.
2: There are rumors we might end up getting a Real Madrid versus Barcelona, and Juventus exhibition and Milan, match.
0: yeah, four teams, two from Italy and two from Juventus, Spain.
2: Juventus Milan, I've heard the rumor also of the Mexican national team playing one of their last games before the World Cup here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Without the Raiders starting the movement to get a new stadium here, the city doesn't get these kind of events. So oh, it's, it's great for the Raider organization to be part of that help to bring in big events here. I
0: think we gave the wrong bite uh, eight years ago when Chivas and America played at the uh, Sun Stadium and terrible things happened. I think the logistic wasn't well uh, prepared for having a Chivas-America uh, game at the Sun because it was packed. And uh, we were at the main gate. We interviewed a lot of people coming from Oregon, from New York, just to see Chivas America here. So, uh, but when you're talking about Chelsea and America here at the Legion Stadium, I think people are going to be surprised about that
2: of course jesus thank you so much for coming on thank board you, today Adam. i
0: can't thank you enough and where can people
2: find you on social media and tell them about your show also cantina which is a show like none other on the radio <laughs>
0: well it's a sports comedy show i do over 15 voices on my show uh, in spanish and i i uh, do the voices of the um, most famous mexican commentators but we create an ambiance like inside of cantina so everybody can fight and yell and, and say the most darndest this thing sometimes uh, but that is that is uh, what i do i'm also a ventriloquist as you know and uh it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but i have um, vegas golden knights espanol on facebook vgk in twitter espanol vgk espanol and on twitter and uh it's uh it's been uh, quite a ride and also well i have a great partner with me so
2: Yeah, NHL Network, people caught you there during the Stanley Cup Finals. You were interviewed there. And something very, very important that I give the Golden Knights props for and the network that broadcasts the games too, you're on the SAP channel. You can literally just press a button and listen to the Spanish radio broadcast while watching the TV. You don't even have to like sync the radio to the TV. You can just press the SAP button and
0: watch the game with your broadcast. Yeah, a lot of the most... All of the games with AT&T Sportsnet and then uh, some games with NBC Sports Network. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and that's what kind of responsibility do you feel there that the franchise, the TV <laughs> network and Lotus is putting that trust on you to be able to talk with everybody there?
0: It is always an honor to deliver, you know, something, uh, my best to uh, our community. But yes, th- there is a lot of responsibility. And I thank Lotus Broadcasting for the chance all the time, you know, all the, because this is a dream come true.
2: Absolutely. Jesus Lopez Verduzco, better known as El Ocotlan Lopez, play by play announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights. You could listen to him on Cantina, Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. It's 5 to 7, right? 5 to 7, Monday through Friday, yes. Here on yes. our sister station, Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM, where you can listen to the Golden Knights in Spanish and the Raiders in, in Spanish. Spanish. Jesus, thank you so much, man. It's been an honor. And we got to put our Latinos out there and <laughs> being able to put a. Spotlight on you today here with the opportunity to host the JT The Brick Show is sincerely an honor for me. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Uh, you, Absolutely. Check him out on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. Jesus Lopez Verduzco. You listen to him on the calls out here in Las Vegas with his goal. You know what? Let's go to commercial break that way. Call me a goal from, I don't know, if Josh Jacobs was playing playing hockey. (laughs) Josh
0: Jacobs. (laughs) Do a goal call. uh, Well, here we go. He shoots with dorsal to the right, advances at full speed, he will shoot, goal! It felt to me like we uh we didn't close out very well. Uh, in the first half, and that allowed them to get going a little bit. Um, but, again, got to watch the tape and see um, you know see where the breakdowns occurred.
2: They definitely didn't close out the right way. Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, who took the L at home in game one of the NBA finals against the Boston Celtics as someone Who's not a fan of either team. I like the Warriors, but I'm not a fan of the Warriors. So I don't suffer if the team loses and if the team's doing well or not. I like Curry. I met him in the NBA All-Star game back in 2000 and 10, I want to say, or 2011 when it was hosted in LA and I got a picture with him and you can compare it, Bobby picture in picture. We look like babies from 11 years ago. And that's why I like Stephen Curry because he's a good kid and he has been a good image for the league. You never see him involved in any kind of controversy. And I like him. I like clay. I met him at the drew league when they had the lockout good kid as well. He was coming straight out of Washington state, but I'm not a fan of the team. Like you talked to me about the Dodgers. And even if we play three games against the Pittsburgh pirates at the end of May and we got swept by them, just like it happened last week, I'm pulling the few hairs. I still got left in my head. I'm pulling them out because I'm pissed off the warriors. I ain't suffering. So I enjoyed last game as a fan and it was a back and forth game. It was a tale of two, two halves, like quarters, ones, one and three Warriors quarters, two and four Celtics and well, let's talk about that game because Steph Curry, he went bananas in the first quarter middle guarded by Tatum off the screen by Porter jr. Curry gets a look, fires and that's another one, 21 points in the first quarter, six, three pointers. That's a record for the most in any quarter of an NBA finals game, 21 points total. For Steph Curry in the first quarter, where Golden State ended up the period up 32-28. to 28. And despite that crazy first quarter by Curry and the crowd going crazy at the Chase Center, the Celtics, they went into the halftime break up by two, 56-54. Steph didn't score a single point in that second quarter. And nearly... Three minutes without a scoring a point in that second quarter for the Warriors and actually only three points in a five minute span. When you go dry for that long for a team that their character that their main focus is hitting that three ball is getting points in quick fashion with the long ball, then you know you're in trouble. But then guess what? In the third quarter, They took a double-digit lead. They started feeling good, those Warriors did, and finished going into the fourth quarter up by 12, 92-80. to Good? Yes. Good enough? No. Because the Warriors didn't score in the first four minutes of the quarter. The Celtics went on a 9-0 run to kick off the fort, got Golden State within striking distance, and Derek White... He ended tying it up in that fourth quarter. Throws back out to Derek White. Pump fake, shot clock down to two. He has to launch a tough three, and he hits it again. Derek White has tied game one. He tied game one indeed, and the Dubs went nearly five more minutes without getting a bucket, and the Celtics, they took advantage of that. Al Horford had six three-pointers in the game, including this one. Leads Derek White attacks baseline. Derek White to the corner. Bridges closed down by Wiggins. Kick out. Horford he's open for three. Got it. Stomp him. Stomp him.
1: Getting right back in this puppy. You ain't going too fast yet, Golden State.
2: You heard him calling puppy. Why? Al Horford. Latino from Puerto Plata, the Dominican Republic, and he led the Celtics with 26 points. Jalen Brown had 24, and Boston took home court advantage away from the Warriors with a 120-108 win. And tonight, the Celtics, on the road in the NBA Finals, score 40 points in the fourth quarter and come from 15 down to score a stunning Double-digit, historic win in game number one. The final score, Boston 120, Golden State 108. After going into the quarter trailing by 12, the Celtics won by 12. That's a 24-point swing, and this was the first home loss for the Warriors in these playoffs in their brand-new Chase Center out there in San Francisco. First finals game there, and it's an l for the Warriors. But guess what? Draymond Green, he says R-E-L-A-X. Relax.
0: Whether you win every game at home, you still want to win one on the road. In our history, we've always won one on the road. So
1: it's just nothing to
2: panic about.
1: It's the first team to win four games, not the first to win one.
2: That's true. But guess what? Game one, that's a big L and now you got game two coming up soon and you gotta win that one for sure because if not, you might go to Boston and you might not be coming back to San Francisco with an opportunity to still win the title. But it's a seven game series, is first to win four. I doubt it's gonna be a sweep and these teams they're gonna go at it strong. Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Heck, this team, there's no quitting them.
1: Yeah, that's kinda who we've been all year. Uh tough grinders, you know, a resilient group that we can always, always know we can rely on our defense to kind of buckle down when needed. Um, weren't, like I said, weren't playing our best in the first quarter. Curry got loose, didn't score in the second quarter and we held them to 22, got ourselves back in the game. They had another big third quarter due to some of our mistakes and a lack of physicality on our part. And then we can lock down again and play great in the fourth. And so we always rely on that and, um, impressive against a really elite scoring team,
2: Jason Tatum. What about him? He had a slow night. His teammates picked him up. He was a player with the most minutes on the court with 42, but he still had a subpar game for what we're used to seeing from him. He's a superstar in this league, and he only had 12 points total in those 42 minutes. He went three for 17 from the floor, one for five from three-point land, and had five boards, but he had 13 assists. Nobody else in this game had more than five. Ray John Rondo was the last player for the Celtics in 2012 that had these many assists in a playoff game. I'm not talking about the finals. So Tatum, yes, point-wise, he was slow. But he set up his teammates, and he knows that he can do better. But this game, his teammates picked him up. Ecstatic,
1: right? 40 points in the fourth quarter. JV played big, um, Al, Peyton, White. you know, those guys made big shots. I had you know, a bad shooting night. Um, you know, I just tried to impact the game in other ways, you know. Um, we're in the championship, We in the finals. Uh, you know, all I was worried about was trying to get a win, uh, and, and, and we did.
2: Yeah, this new core of the Boston Celtics with Tatum, Brown, Horford, they're playing in their first NBA finals, and they shock. I'll say it. They shock the, word, the world because you look at every, almost every expert around the league and every talking head that you can see on ESPN, on CBS, any network, and 90% of them were taking the Warriors, both in game one and in the series. And now the Celtics, they just... Went in there, played their game. They let Curry shoot that three ball as much as he wanted in the first quarter. And he hit six threes. He had 21 points. And the Celtics, they went into the next quarter only down by four. And they went into halftime with the lead. Yes, the third quarter, the Warriors as a team went berserk. And they took a double-digit lead. And I know of people who said, you know what, it's pretty late in the East Coast. And they said, all right, double-digit lead Warriors got this one go to sleep. They woke up, wake up the next morning was like, "What the?" They were winning by 12 and they lost by 12. That's what happens when you just go dry and can't hit a shot for your life. Nobody could in that middle of in the middle of the last quarter of the game for the Warriors, they just couldn't hit any shots and you can't do that in the league. And when you can't do that from the outside and it's not working, go on the inside. And the Warriors pretty much Didn't do it in the final quarter and the Celtics, they did. They hit the long, the long shots. They hit the in range jumpers. They did a good job. And now the Celtics, they've only lost two games on the road in the playoffs. Eight wins on the road for them. They now have home court advantage after stealing it from the Warriors and heads up. This is the sixth NBA finals in the last eight season Seasons for Golden State, but this is just the second time that they've lost game one of the finals. Last one. Well, it was the last time they were in the NBA finals in 2019. They lost against the Raptors in game one and they lost that series in six games. So the Warriors, they got to worry. I know that Draymond told us to chill. Draymond said there's nothing to panic about. Well, You just got to go out there and play your game and hit those shots. Because last night, the Celtics, they seemed to be like in cruise control. They were like, all right, we're down. We ain't going to panic. Let the game flow. Stay in it. Don't be down by much. And then they got down by double digits. like, all right. That coaching staff usually takes game one to observe, to scout, to know their opponents. Not just in video like they can in every game, but on the court. And after three quarters, they were like, we got him. Let's just hit these shots, play good defense, and make it happen. And those Warriors took the loss in game number one. At the top of the next hour, we got Joe Arrigo. He's the co-founder and VP of Franchise Sports Media. Great local coverage for high school and college athletics here in Sin City, plus pro sports, including the Raiders. I remember when I moved to Las Vegas and I didn't know much about the city and the sports surrounding it. He was one of the first guys I followed because he always had the insight on the best information. We're going to talk about Raider football with him. We'll catch up also on UNLV. Nobody knows UNLV as good as Joe does, and he's going to be a great guest here today. Also, in hour number two, we're going to hear from Nate Hobbs, who spoke with the media yesterday after the OTA session that the Raiders had. Great quotes from him talking about how important it is to stay focused in year two as it was in year one for him, where in year one we knew he was a fifth-round draft pick and we didn't know if he was going to make the team, if he was going to get playing time, but he worked so hard in the preseason, in the offseason, that he ended up becoming becoming a starter from day Day one. Also, we're going to hear from Hunter Renfro. Like I've said, that guy, year one, it was third in Renfro. Year two, sorry, year one, it, he was an option. Year two, he was third in Renfro. Year number three, last year, he's a he became a weapon and he became one of those guys that became a go-to player from Derek Carr. We're, we'll hear from him, his observations. From Devontae Adams, who, by the way, they became golfing buddies now. They've they've started playing golf. You'll talk about that. And, of course, now being in a new offense for the first time in his NFL career because he was a Gruden guy. He was picked by Gruden, and now he's going to be coached by Josh McDaniels. This is the JT The Brick Show. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. You know you can call in, and we want to hear from you. Call us, 702-365-9200. (laughs) we <laughs>